0: Good morning, Nachum. Good night of Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Noso. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Naso contains 18 mitzvos, 7 positive, and 11 restrictions. Parshas Noso, which contains the laws of the Sota, the suspected adulteress, this, the Nazir, the laws of the Nazirite, Birkas Kohanim, the mitzvah for the Kohanim, to bless the people daily, as they do in Eretz Yisrael. We were just privileged to have Birkas Kohanim this past week with the Yom Tov of Shavuos. And I'd like to discuss, interestingly, why Parshas Nosso has the distinction of being the longest parsha of the Torah, it contains one hundred and seventy-six psukim in it. <coughs> Clearly, because the Torah repeats the gift that each of the twelve nasiim princes, one of each tribe brought at the occasion of the dedication of the Mishkan, the sanctuary in the desert. Interestingly, the Torah records and repeats the gift of each nassi twelve times. Now, you could ask, why? Why couldn't Nussel be one of the shortest partios, with the Torah writing it but once, and saying that each of the Nisim brought the identical gift? Perhaps one answer might be, because of kavarabrios, the honor and dignity of man. Namely, the Nisim got together and they decided that they would each bring a korban, a gift in honor of the dedication of the Mishkan, and they agreed to bring the same gift, not to outdo one another. And therefore, since they showed kavod to each other, Hashem, in turn, showed kavod to each of them by noting and identifying each one on their own day and identifying them by name with their korban. I'd like to point out a very (coughs) interesting Rashi in conjunction with Bayom Hasheni, on the second day, the one who brought the Karban was Nisanel Ben the Nasi of the tribe of Yisachar. And regarding his Karban, Rashi tells us that we find something very special. Now, it's a long Rashi on chapter 7. Pasuk 18, I will translate it to save time. Rashi begins by asking, why does the Torah use the word Hikriv, which means that he offered or brought his karban, something which the Torah does not use in conjunction with the other princes. The Torah just says, on the third day it was, the Nasi of Zavulan. And the fourth day, it was Reuve. So, why does the Torah use the word Hikriv, to bring, in conjunction with Yesachar, which it doesn't say regarding of all other um, Shvatim. And indeed, the word Hikriv is not only written once, but twice. And interestingly, Rashi Tells us to note that the first time the word he kriv, he brought his karbon, It is written male. It is written the way the word would normally be spelt with a yud he kuf reish yud vez. And the second time in pasuk yud Tes, he kriv his carbono is written without the yud. Why is this? So Rashi gives us the background and tells us as follows. That once Nachshon ben Aminadav was given the honor of bringing the first korban, coming from the tribe of Yehuda, Reuven, the prince of Reuven, came immediately to Moshe and said, "Wait a minute. Yehuda comes first because he is the designated malchus." He's designated royalty from Yehuda will come the king, but wait a minute! I should go after him because, after all, I am the b'chor. So Moshe answered him and said, "I have to tell you that I received a divine command." <laughs> that the princes should bring their korbanos in accordance with the way the camps traveled. So, first came the camp of Yehuda, then comes the camp of Reuven, then comes the camp of Ephraim, and finally the camp of Dun. And therefore, the tribe of Yisachar is to go second. Now, the reason Rashi explains why the, the Yud is missing the second time because it's as if Moshe is saying not Hikriv, but Hakrev, that There's a divine command for you Nisan el Ben Suar, to bring the Korban on the second day. And what's the reason for this? So Rashi says, because of two factors, does the tribe of Yisachar go second? Firstly, because they were knowledgeable in Torah. As we are taught in the first book of Divrei Hayomim, b'bnei Yisachar yodei bina li'itim. The tribe of Yisachar were knowledgeable in the (coughs) exactitude of the mathematics of when to have the new moon They were bright in areas as well as in Torah. That's number one. But the second reason is because Nisanel ben Su'or, Rashi quotes in the name of Rav Pinchas ben Yair, is that he is the one whose idea it was to bring the Korban in the first place. He was the one that sold this idea to his colleagues and therefore he deserved to go second. Now I'd like to really ask an interesting question. If it was his idea, why doesn't he go first? And I'd like to suggest that Nachshon bin Aminadav went and brought the carbon first, not only because he is from Yehuda, and Yehuda represents Malchus, royalty, but that Nachshon ben Aminadav is uh, (coughs) identified by our rabbis as the first one to jump into the Yamsuf. When Hashem said to Moshe, when Moshe was saying, I give out, Mitzrayim is <coughs> running after us in hot pursuit. Hashem said, Taber el-b'nei Yisrael so speak to the Jewish people that they should uh, travel and proceed straight ahead. So, Nachshon was the first one to jump in. And in reward for that, we're going to see that just as the jumping into the Yamsuf was connected to the construction of a Mishkan, so too was he honored to bring the offering first at the occasion of the dedication of the Mishkan. Now, my friends, what is the Mikdash? The Mikdash is... The Mikdash is something which is beyond the norm, namely, that God comes and resides among man, as our rabbis say, and Kriyasiam Suf is also beyond the norm. Our rabbis tell us that in conjunction with Kriyas Suf that Vayoshav Hayom, the waters returned early in the morning. Lifnos boker le'aso no. Literally, to its strength, but the rabbis tell us that the word le'aso no should not only mean strength, but it should be read litnoo in the condition that God at the time of creation made a condition with the sea that it would split on behalf of B'nai Yisrael it was, quote, l'malo Now I'd like you to take an interesting look at the shirah which the Jewish people sang at the Yam. Throughout the shirah this praise of God for what he has done to the Egyptians, how the rest of the world knew about this, and how ultimately the Jewish people were saved, as the last pasuk indicates, Kivos paro." Two, three Psukim, right before the end of the Shirah, there is another theme which is, at first glance, hey, What's this doing here? Namely, Moshe prays to Viemo, starting with Paso Yud Zion and Yud Ches, to Viemo, v'sito Emo, Bahar Nachaloscha, Hashem. You will bring them and implant them on the mountain of your heritage, Mochon Leshiftacha, Po Alto Hashem, the foundation of. Of your dwelling place that you Hashem have made? Mikdash, Hashem Kunanuyadecha, the sanctuary, my Lord, that your hands establish. My goodness, what is the Mikdash, What is the sanctuary of God doing over here? So I'd like to suggest that the jumping into the Red Sea was a prerequisite for the sanctuary, that as the jumping into the Red Sea showed that man with his actions can bring the Shekhinah down here, so too that is the sanctuary, that by our having the sanctuary, God performs constant miracles, divine winks for the Jewish people down here in this world. So Nachshon, by his jumping in, he changed the natural order of this world. And this is the Mishkan, which as well changes the natural order by having God encased in this world. And even though they had experienced godliness prior to um, the splitting of the Red Sea. For example, they saw in the ten plagues, but all the ten plagues were Hisorurusa de la Ela. They were all orchestrated from on high. But here, with Kriya with Nachshon's jumping in, this was Hisorurusa de la Sata. This began down here. That man's first step, and Amuna can bring the Shekhinah down here. And therefore, Nachshon deserves to bring the Korban first, not just because of the tribe of Yehuda and royalty, but because of what he accomplished, which is the prelude for the Mikdash, man's bringing about the Shekhinah. Now, we say this every day in the Oleanu Tefillah, and that is which means it's one thing to know, it's one thing to believe that there's a God, but there's another thing to act upon it. And this is what Nachshon did. And this is what we are taught to do. That especially in the workplace, the Jew who is known as an Orthodox Jew has to go beyond Beyond what most other people do, bend over backwards to be nice to people, to make a kiddush Hashem. Do outstanding work on your job that you're going to be respected and be consistent. Consistent in your religious conduct. Don't be religious only when it's convenient, leaving early on Fridays, but let people see what kind of nice person you are, how nicely you speak throughout the week, how respectful you are, how you ask um, co-workers how their families are, that you are, quote, a normal person, and you're a person that people enjoy being around. And as a result of that, uh, Yodata Hayom, not only do you possess emuna, v'ashivosa elavavecha, you live by it, and you have that positive influence on others, as did Nachshon ben Aminadav. Shabbat Shalom to all.